some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Is my respect for you not enough? Just last week, I came out to this ring and I told the entire world that you had my respect, but you choose to come out here. You choose to repay me by telling the world in turn that I was handed everything, that I don't even want to be here. Let me ask you something, Drew. If I didn't want to be here, then why the hell am I here? I've made my money. I'm here because I want to be here. I'm here because I enjoy coming down to that ring each and every week, hitting RKOs and punt kicking heads. Now I enjoy, I appreciate your fighting spirit. I truly do, which is why it's going to be that much more sweet at SummerSlam when I hit you with an RKO and punt kick you in the skull and take that WWE title away from you. Now you say, you say that I should have been fired years ago. You're right. I should have been fired over and over and over again. I should have been fired multiple times, but I wasn't fired. You were fired. You want to know why? Because I am more valuable to this company than you ever were or ever will be. I have been given chance after chance, second chances, third chances, four, five, six, the list goes on. I have been given those chances, Drew, because I am the chosen one. Then, now, and forever. I don't see a leader standing before me. I don't see somebody the boys in the back respect. I see a selfish Here's what's going to happen at SummerSlam, Randy. I have a whole bunch of receipts to cash in. A bunch of receipts from me, from some of the guys on the current roster, some of our former superstars, every legend you have ever kicked in the damn head. Randy, at SummerSlam, I'm going to rip off your head. And I promise you, I swear to you, Randy, you're sure as hell going to see it coming. Welcome to the Hoots Podcast, a podcast for the greater good of wrestling fans. Believe in us. We are here to eradicate the outdated ideologies that exist in the world of wrestling media and share with you why this art form is a true example of divinity. I am Brother Carter, and now, please welcome the podcast messiah of this platform of positivity, Josh Lopez. Ladies, gentlemen, welcome everybody to a show that's for the greater good of mm. professional wrestling fans. Mm. Welcome everybody. To the Hoots Podcast. Mm. It's truly the podcast messiah himself, Joshi Lopez. I am alongside the one and only disciple himself, Brother Carter. And we're here today to lead you on the right path. Wrestling has a bright future, 
Mm. You choose not to acknowledge it. We are here to eradicate every inch of outdated philosophies that you express on social media every single week. The Hoots podcast, the work speaks for itself. There's sacrifices and myths that have to be put away for the greater good of wrestling. For far too long, you've been led astray to the point of people dictating the way you process these programs. Not even to the point of you not even enjoying the show for yourself or forming your own stance on what you think the show is. Now, let's not be confused here. I'm I'm not going to lead you astray. You have your opinions and your criticisms of pro wrestling. That's on you. But as I, as the Messiah here, and lead folks in the greater good of professional wrestling, the one thing that the Hoops podcast will always represent that it's okay to be a wrestling fan and to speak for yourself. So with that said, welcome to the greater good of professional wrestling talk. Welcome to the show that's for the greater good of wrestling fans. And if you get in our way, it's not on me for what happens to you. All right. What's going on, Brother Carter? (laughs) Oh, 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 podcast messiah. Oh, you spoke to me. Oh, the the messiah spoke to me today. Oh, he said it was going to be a good day. And now it's going to be a good day. Speak to me, messiah. What's going on, brother? I almost wanted to go, oh, people at all. You know, I almost kind of got I, into that. Big I, thought, I thought that's where you were going to go with that. Actually. I, I am. Oh, speak to me, Messiah. Oh, he's here. Oh, people at home. Don't you dare be sour. Clap for your world famous podcast, Messiah. And feel the positivity. What's going on, Brother Adam? Good to see you this morning. Glad to be here. And uh, cheers. Folks, it's been a really rough week for me, and I'll get into that towards the end of the show this week. But I'm I'm glad we're here. It's Thursday. It's my favorite day of the week. Not only because we get to record the show, but I get to hang out with good brothers like Brother Carter, who actually uh, apply the word brother and there for the for the good brothers at a good time. So absolutely. Again, thank you everybody for support each and every single week as you listen to the podcast. I know I just did the survey there. Don't expect me to do the entire show in the survey format, even though it would be fun to try that one time. Well, the, <laughs> but, prob- the problem is Josh, we again, you know, we talk about we're an upbeat. We we don't we don't focus on the um, the, the 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 history of negativity that comes with a lot of these shows and just continuously bashing the product. So we don't want to have that eerie kind of evil, but not evil vibe to us. You know, we're more like the new day, you know, we're positive, we're upbeat. You know, I, I sometimes throw pancakes at the screen. If I don't agree with things like when Mitchell said that he wasn't an MJF fan, I had my stack of pancakes <laughs> here at the screen and was ready to throw them at his face, his face last week. But, um, <laughs> but nah, Again, I, I like that transition from that lovely introduction right into the sermon. Oh, you spoke to me, brother Adam. Thank you, brother. Uh, thank you, brother David, um, Mr. Uh, Matt McCool, for uh, coming on the show today. Oh. Uh, uh, no, last week that was a lot of fun. 
Uh, make sure to support his podcast, CBD Wrestling Podcast. He is the good brother of all good brothers. Also, check out referee Tony S. Uh, he's a good brother as well uh, on Twitter, and he's the co-host of that said show. Um, all right. So on this week's program, we're really going to be hitting on the build towards SummerSlam, which we got some really big matches already announced for this event, which I'm looking forward to. Uh looks like SummerSlam, in spite of everything going on with the pandemic, looks to have a bigger feel, not only because they have SummerSlam, but we also have TakeOver 30, which is taking place the night before, which uh, has a new layers and announcements with that because um, there's big news that dropped on ESPN today before uh, we recorded the show that Triple H went on the uh, the show Get Up and challenged uh, Pat McAfee to a match against Adam Cole for TakeOver 30, and we'll explain why uh, that's going on later on in the program. Also, don't forget the segment that everybody wants and needs in 2020. The great segment that come out of the coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> what the hell is wrong <laughs> with AEW? You know, Josh, uh, I'm going to interrupt you here real quick. You know, we, we claim to be a platform, and we are. We are a platform of positivity. Yes, and, you know, we always try to focus on the good things. But when there is negative, you know, you, you have to call a spade a spade. And when there's this product that – and we'll get into this more later. But when you have this product that claims to be the alternative and truly all elite wrestling, but the best part of your show is the promos, is that really the alternative? And that's a little a little teaser, a little, uh, you know, a little uh, foreshadowing for what may be coming in a later segment of today's program. Yes. All right, folks, one last thing before we get going here. Um, make sure to follow the show each and every single Thursday or Friday mornings at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your uh, podcasts from. It's the Who's Podcast. Make sure to check it out. Let us know what you think of the little intro that uh, Brett Carter came up with for this week, which was a lot of fun. Um, also, I just wanted to let everybody know you can bookmark ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. I have six new articles already posted this week from Raw all the way to three AEW shows ready this week. Um, actually, once we're done recording this show today, I have a have, uh, new Japan shows that I have to cover throughout the entire weekend. There's a show on that happened this morning, uh, tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday. So four straight new Japan articles to do this weekend. Um, I already have stuff from Impact. We're talking a little bit about Impact later on, too, because there was a little topic that went on with AJ Styles on his Twitch stream that I wanted to bring up to Brother Carter, kind of like a throwback kind of conversation. Which we could do that along the way. But um, like Brother Carter said, like this show, uh, with the, having the positive energy, also we deal with transparency. We're not going to come here and give half-fast uh, opinions and or um, unfabric- uh, fabricated opinions. That's not what we do here. Uh, we do call space fading when trash and double standards occur on world tele- worldwide television. We need to call them out as well. So, um, with and, that, go ahead. And, and, and real quick, I, you know, and I want to just reiterate to everybody, and everyone's going to have their opinion, and that's fine. But we are not WWE marks. We are not anti AEW marks. We are not. You know, we're we just enjoy the product for what it is, and. If you agree or disagree with us, that's fine. You know, we want you to have your own opinion. We want you to not, to not just follow blindly the words of 
the the folks in our genre that have become the standards for their for wrestling media and wrestling opinion talk and pundit shows stuff like that. We want you to have your own opinion, and if you disagree with our opinion, please more than welcome. We so that we can talk about it and that we so that we can you know have a debate because and at the end of the day, Josh and I know we're getting off topic and I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, this is professional wrestling. You know, it's you know you and I talk about we're a life podcast that happens to just talk about professional wrestling. You know, yeah. Is this for some folks out there? Like, is that really going to be your hill to die on? Is professional wrestling and disagreeing with what we may say? Like. Come on, you know, like this is this is entertainment. We just want to try to provide some entertainment for you guys every week. That's really just what we try to do. Here's the best way we can transition to our first topic. You would think right now, with everything that's going on in the world with uh, social uh, distress, the election coming up, the virus still lingering over everybody's head. Uh, by the way, my thoughts go out to everybody, Brute, with that horrible explosion that happened the other day. Uh, it's very, very unfortunate. And just everything going on in society right now, you would think right now that we wouldn't take pro wrestling for granted. And as the weeks go by, I continue to notice that people are recapping and looking at these shows as if 20,000 20, people are there. And it's the same process of analyzing how the storytelling is supposed to go. We have five months of program of matches and promos inside a warehouse and uh, amphitheater where the ringside area looks like a fucking tailgate instead of fans. Like, what are we really gauging these outlandish critiques and assessments of these shows on? Right. Like, I could, I could call a space A and say, this sucks and that sucks, but when we're watching wrestling... I would think, especially now more than ever, that the fact that we still have wrestling on television and it's not put to the side like it was for a period of time with the MLB and we don't know whether we're going to have an NFL season or not. I think we would appreciate the fact that we still have wrestling on television and not take it for granted because we have to act like we're in high school. And if if one wrestling company doesn't do what I like, I'm going to act like a fucking sophomore in high school and pick it apart as much as I could because it doesn't fit my style. Folks, pro wrestling is supposed to be fun. It does not matter what style of wrestling it is. I spent more time out of my week covering promotions that are not funded by the WWE. And I love every aspect of pro wrestling. I'm not going to take it for granted. I'm just not. There's, I, t- I told this to Tony when we did our uh, little breakdown of in-ring wrestling special last week. The real issue right now with pro wrestling is that nobody knows what pe- what people actually want in 2020. I'm not saying just fans, the companies too. Nobody really has the gauge on what people want these days. And if anybody's going to tell me that all wrestling promotions should be booked and wrestled the same way, I just think that this defeats the purpose of the industry in the first place. Because just like in any entertainment platform, I don't want to just listen to R&B music. I'm a fan of classic rock music. I love jazz. I love uh, hip-hop. I love other styles of music. Um, Same thing with movies. Not every single action movie has to be with the same tone all the time. There's fine times where you have a comedy-based action movie. Like 
Central Intelligence with the Rockin' Kevin Hart, which is a great movie, uh, or um, <laughs> the Twenty One Jump Street movies with uh, Channing Tatum and uh, Jonah Hill. Great, great movies. My point is. Right now, we're taking wrestling so much for granted because we have to project what wrestling is supposed to be according to Twitter and websites instead of actually watching these shows for what they are. And that's why we're here. We're to tell you what happened and for you the process for yourself. If you need somebody to tell you how to feel about pro wrestling in 2020, um, more power to you. That's all I have. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. So with that said, Let's start off with this week in WWE. We're going to go into SmackDown first because that was what happened uh, the day after we did our last show. So we go back and we go in order here, pal. <laughs> That's what we do here on the Who's Podcast. Uh, yeah. Let's start off with this. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville's backstage segment where uh, Mandy, this is the first time I saw Mandy and Otis back after a couple weeks off of television. Uh, Mandy was preparing a date. For Otis, where this time Otis was going to do date, but here's the thing: Sonya Deville attacked Mandy Rose in the backstage area. But to make matters worse, she pulls out scissors and starts cutting off Mandy Rose's hair. Brother Carter, I don't know how much you saw SmackDown of this week or what you saw from the article that I put out, but what was your assessment on that and the fact that this feud with Mandy and Sonya is continuing on? Okay, so I mean, I like the fact that the feud is continuing because I mean, the, the storyline writes itself, you know, you got Mandy Rose and Sonny Deville, both who I think are two of the top female performers in WWE right now. I think it's, it's kind of sad that we haven't seen them off TV that we've seen them off television for a little while, but it also is okay because you know, when you, when we see them again, we're excited. We're like, Oh yeah, I remember this storyline and all that right. stuff. So that part about it, I really like, I think you can extend this feud to SummerSlam. But then I think you've got to move them away from each other after SummerSlam and let them focus on Because, and I've said this before, I think the SmackDown women's division needs some help. And you've got two very talented performers that could easily elevate that, that division. I would love to see, and I know you can't do this right now because they're both heels, but right. I would love to see Bailey versus Sonya Deville. I think that could be a great match. Um, if, if they end up keeping the title on Bailey after SummerSlam, which we'll get into. But to answer your question, um, I, I mean, I'm, I, I always enjoy seeing both of them on my screen. I think they're fantastic. But I do and, – and this angle, fine, the haircutting thing. I get what Sonya's doing. You Remember know. Victoria when she did it to uh, Molly Holly at WrestleMania? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just hope this does not lead to Mandy Rose shaving her head. I really don't. But um, – <laughs> but um, – but it's, so I understand why Sonya Deville did it, and you know, because that's her whole reasoning is that Mandy's been treated as this goddess, and she's only here because of her looks, blah 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 blah, which is fine. But I hope that they're away from each other after SummerSlam. What was your thoughts on the show starting off with the Firefly Funhouse? Do you think that's something that could uh, would be a good option as far as formatting is concerned? I thought it was fine um, because it set up what was going to happen later in the evening, and we're going to get into that when yeah. we talk about <laughs> that. But I, I was pleasantly surprised to see who the Fiend went after this week, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. So, so just so we don't break down every. Uh, part of the show here. I'm just going to uh, list off some of the matches that stood out to me really quick. Uh, I really enjoyed the AJ Styles uh, Grand Metal League Intercontinental Championship match. I thought that was fantastic. Um, AJ Styles is phenomenal. He could be 40. He could be 45. He could be 50. The guy is 
literally phenomenal. This is very different from where Jeff Jarrett was starting to get his big push at TNA when he was like <laughs> late 30s and 40s. And Jeff Jarrett is the Jeff Jarrett of wrestling. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. Wait, the king of the mountain. Yeah, the king of the mountain. Speaking of kings, King Corbin had a pretty solid match as well with Drew Gulak on SmackDown. And King Corbin has really been on his feelings since Matt Riddle has joined SmackDown, which, of course, they're going to have a few with each other. But also, he came out to um, poke fun at Jeff Hardy when Jeff Hardy was like, okay, we're moving on with Sheamus. We talked about it last week. Sheamus and Hardy are going their separate ways. King Corbin is just trying to be the the bane, if you will, in everybody's existence. Uh, what was the uh, line Jericho used for Orange Cassidy last night? The pimple on the ass? <laughs> <laughs> the, pimple, the pimple on the ass of the wrestling business or something yeah. like that. King Corbin's the pimple on the ass character-wise of the blue brand. So, <laughs> Well, what was your thoughts with uh, Corbin and Gulak? Really cool. Okay, so here's my, <clears throat> my, my big thing about King Corbin is I know people have been bashing King Corbin for years and been like, oh, God, here we go again. Why is this guy on our team? He is a good performer. Yeah. Like, King Corbin and, – and he has made this King gimmick really work for him. Yeah. You know, you know, I almost – the last time I remember seeing somebody make the King gimmick work really well was King Booker <laughs> and the Queen Charmant. Like, that worked. And King Corbin is making this thing work. He's good in the ring. He's good on the mic. He's good at annoying people, which is his gimmick, kind of like what Bailey and Sasha do. You know, he's good at his gimmick. He's good in the ring. I mean, I, I really think it's cool. Um, I like how we got Shorty G to kind of kind of give a new element to Shorty G's character to try to get him to go after the bounty or something like that. So it looks like we may get a Shorty G heel turn. I don't know if that's going to last. Hmm. But, um, but no, I thought, uh, I mean, and Drew Gulak, what, another just fantastic wrestler. A 205 Live uh, graduate, if you will. Um, I think it would be better if he's had his PowerPoint presentations, but that's just me. Me too. I agree. Educate all of us about about the world. Kind of like what you do, Josh, as the podcast messiah to educate all of us. But uh, no, I thought it, I thought it was it was great overall. Uh, I want to tell you another match that I really enjoyed and I'm really happy about was Big E versus Miz. I think that. Biggie, I, I love the fact that Biggie looks like he's finally going to get his singles run. And I don't know if we've talked about this on the show a lot, Josh, but we've all said, man, a Biggie singles run could be just unbelievable. And with Kofi being hurt and Xavier being hurt, I, 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 I love it. And I hope it leads to a Continental Championship match against AJ Styles at SummerSlam. I really do. You know what I liked about this week's episode of SmackDown? I thought – the show overall was a pretty solid show with the fact that there was putting emphasis on this narrative out there that only the women's feuds in WWE are interesting and that the men are uh, dropping dropping the ball, if you will, as far as entertainment is concerned. Like, seeing the spotlight on AJ Styles and what he's doing, Matt Riddle, uh, we mentioned King Horror from a heel point of view, uh, getting guys like Gulak more TV time than what Tony Nese had the, the week prior, right? Or, um, like here, like you just said here, Big E. Here's the guy, his guy is out on injury, and the big probably one of the biggest times in his career right now is this current singles run. And mm-hmm. think about this. 
what is really the perfect match in pro wrestling anymore? To be honest with you, honestly, what it is—is is it spot fest it, or a match that was smooth like this one with the Miz and Biggie? Think about this: if you had it on paper, would you really think that the Miz and Biggie would have this epic four or five star rating match to the freaking Nimrod, Seltzer, and Alvarich? Like, like honestly, <laughs> <laughs> like these guys had a if you wanted to show somebody what a good television match is, you would put this one right there in the, on the mix. And if that's what Biggie could showcase during this one, obviously the charisma and the promo speech was that that's not a concern of mine. But what he, he does in the ring is very important. And JR always has the saying maximize your TV time and Biggie did that on SmackDown this week. And if he keeps doing this, Josh, I wouldn't be shocked if in a couple years when you know, Kofi retires or or whatever. I could see Big E as a world champion. I mean, I don't, why not? You know, he's got the charisma. Yeah. He's got the in-ring ability. But, but again, Josh, you could say that about how many people on the SmackDown roster. I mean, I can throw Big E in there. Miz could be world champion. Morrison could be world champion. Strowman, The Fiend, AJ Styles. Matt Riddle eventually, I think, is world championship material. I mean, the roster is so deep right now which is a great great thing but you know then you also you just have to get worried about people and again how do you combat this on you know but it's just people getting lost in the shuffle honestly i'd rather have this situation where it's uh it's not a problem but it's a conflict of interest you have a talented depth of roster through all of WWE. And you could, yeah, there is interchangeable processes of it. And yeah, maybe sometimes certain performance will get lost in the shuffle, but I would rather have that than bringing in people and having them be presented as if something they're not. And then we get rematches of it and then it extends it to a 12 man because we don't have the story. Uh, telling capability to actually layer this out properly. Like, I rather. <laughs> Can I just play the clip now, Josh? I mean, no. <laughs> we can do that a little bit. We'll get okay. there. But honestly, I think you get where I'm coming from with this. Honestly, if you're having a television show, right, and you're having a pro wrestling television show, I think it's better if you have people that you could bring in at any time and you know they're going to deliver the ring. Because honestly, if you're watching wrestling, I, and I get it, promos and characters and storylines is a big deal to wrestling fans. But for me personally, what you do in the ring is the most important thing, in my opinion. Not just because I do the transit, but I've always been that way since I've watched the kid. Uh, JR got me hooked into wrestling. I am just an in-ring guy at heart. I, I'm traditionalist. I'll admit to that. And, and it's not that I don't appreciate promos. Hell, CM Punk's my favorite wrestler, and he's one of the greatest promo guys of all time. I know how you feel about CM Punk. We'll say that for another show. But, like, still, like, here's the thing. Big E can make a name for himself in this session. Who knows? Maybe – would it be too soon for him to fight AJ Styles this SummerSlam? I don't know. We have to wait to that point. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. That question I have for you: As they're doing these cool things, where like having matches that have stakes on it, they're getting more number one contender spots now for the IC title. Is this something where AJ Styles puts his title on the line in like a four way match or a triple threat match, something like that at SummerSlam? Because I feel like the more challenges AJ Styles gets, it's the more uh, I feel like WWE is trying to like reestablish AJ Styles' dominance 
while you could throw anybody at him and he's still gonna knock him down, basically. Like, can you see that happening? Yes. But at the same time, I also don't want WWE to overdo. I, I feel like sometimes WWE overdoes the just because we have nothing else for them to do, ha- throwing a triple threat match or a qu- or, or a fatal four way or five fatal five way or something like that. Just because you know we need something for all these performers to do. Mm-hmm. I feel that because both AJ Styles and Big E are such well established performers. You could very easily make this a very intriguing singles match. You know, now granted, we only have two weeks left till SummerSlam. So if they're going to start the build, they need to build it on next week's edition of SmackDown. Yeah. But, um, but at the same time, I mean, yes, I could very easily see them doing a fatal four way match, say, you know, AJ Styles, Biggie, and maybe Miz and Morrison or something. I don't know. But me personally, I think because Biggie and AJ Styles are so well established. I think that they could. You start that. You start that on this week's episode of SmackDown. Yes. Like Biggie wins a qualifying match or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you give them each about ten minutes to cut an amazing promo. Think about if you gave AJ Styles and Biggie ten minutes on a promo. Like I, I would be hooked in a moment. So that's just my thoughts too. Well, very quick, another question: How do you feel about Booker T saying that Big E should drop um, Xavier Woods and uh, Kofi in the I New Day? Act? I think that's a horrible idea. I think that the New Day needs to stay together until one of them retires because they work so. I mean, it just that if it's if, if the formula works, why mess with it? Why do you think John Cena hasn't turned heel in ten years? Because that formula works, so why mess with it? And you know. They're incredibly entertaining. They, uh, you know, they always get the crowd on their feet every single time. They work together. You know, the, the crowd. You know, the the as a, as a trio, they work. You know, they supported Kofi when he was WWE champion. None of them wanted to go out. So, I just I don't I I think breaking them up will potentially hurt their legacy. I really do. Yeah. Uh, speaking of working together, um, I'm actually wearing the shirt. I, those listening, this could be a, a bad. <laughs> I'm going to try my best to uh, explain it as visually as best as I could. But those who are watching this on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, by the way, as, as you're watching this live. I am wearing right now a new T-shirt from Rant Foundation, formerly known as Rant With That. I bought this shirt a couple weeks ago to support the good brother. They had, they're bringing their podcast back, to, I think, the week of SummerSlam. Cool. And um, really happy for Ant and his crew there that they're coming back. So even though I'm the podcast messiah, I am benevolent to support good brothers and people who are just really good at this field and support other podcasts. Right. Synergy and complimenting other people's work is not a bad thing. Remember that, kids, no matter what you're doing. <laughs> and, you know, Josh, it's because we can all learn from each other. Like, if somebody else is doing something really good, yeah. and you know, you want, like, that's awesome. You know, it, it makes, when other people are successful, it elevates the entire business. You know, so if other people are pumping out really good podcasts, it forces everybody else to step up their game a little bit. And it's because yes, I mean, yes, we all want to be, I don't know if there's an on top of the, of the podcast wrestling business, but you know, we all want to be recognized and all that stuff. But at the same time, support your people, man. Like, yeah. I think, the, I think the biggest thing for me being in this for seven years now is that 
like, like you just said, support other podcasts, but also let your podcast speak for itself. Let your, the content you produce speak for itself. Absolutely. I agree yeah. with you 100%. Um, also, before we go into Raw, uh, we got to talk about two things. First, Bailey and Nikki Cross uh, were the main event of SmackDown this week. I honestly, I thought this was a missed opportunity for Nikki Cross to win the title. The reason I'm saying that, because I think there is legs in having a Nikki Cross Alexa Bliss feud. And the ironic thing is Nikki lost the title here and transitioned to The Fiend attacking Alexa Bliss. So we could tie these two together. If The Fiend choking out Alexa Bliss brings back the, the real Alexa Bliss, should Nikki still should Nikki won the title in the process? Oh, yeah. So here's the thing. I thought I thought both these ladies brought brought it in the ring. I thought this was a really really good match. I thought uh, the, the, there was a wrong decision here. I thought Nikki should have won this title here. Um, I think the two belts element of Bailey and Sasha are over exposed and a little over the top a little bit. I, I can see two belts banks because that works for a Sasha character. With Bailey, it's a totally different thing. And for me, for me to enjoy Bailey as a heel character, I think she needs to watch a little bit more of Dakota Kai's work because that's a good heel. Yeah. <laughs> and Agreed. yeah, like yeah, Bailey is aggressive, but she always I think she tries to focus too much on the being annoying part than actually being the heel. Right. And um I I feel like it was a good match. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from it. I just thought it was a wrong decision, kind of a missed opportunity. Because honestly, you had a whole angle. Bailey wins. Nikki's across. Nikki's um, despondent. You know, she she's feeling down about herself. And Lex is trying to pick her up. Nikki shoves Lex down to the mat. Right, that's what happens. Out comes the fiend. Mandible claw. Show goes off the air. Really cool way to finish off the show this week. And we'll talk about that. But what what did you think about what I just said there? What was your thoughts on that match? Okay, so obviously, I mean, Bailey and Nikki Cross, Nikki Cross just continues to get better every single week. I think she's she's got superstar written all over her, um, and I'm glad. Part of me is glad that she got away from Sanity. Um, part of me is kind of sad because I think Sanity actually could have been a really great stable, um, but it just never got off the ground, unfortunately. But uh, I thought her match with Bailey was great. Obviously, they're both very good in the ring, very talented performers. I'm glad they got to close the show. Uh, again, female closing the show. That was awesome. Um, so that was really good. Uh, Nikki pushing down Alexa. Obviously, we may be seeing some dissension there. We all knew the dissension was going to happen eventually. So now we're starting to see that a little bit. And then, of course, The Fiend comes out and attacks Alexa Bliss. Now, I do want to talk about this because I watched this a couple times. And the angle is Awesome, and I love the fact that the fiend is that they're bringing Alexa Bliss into this storyline. Like it's fantastic, it's brilliant. I, I honestly would have never thought to do that, but again, I'm, this is why I'm not a WWE writer. But um, I thought, <laughs> you know, but I could, but I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Like when they when they showed them at the Extreme Rules Horror Show. I mean, you and I both popped for that. Like that was that was awesome. Right. However. And, 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 I, and I'm, I'm trying not to be nitpicky here, but I thought – I actually thought that the execute – and, you know, we call, a, we call a spade a spade. I thought the execution of the segment was sloppy at the very end. I really did because, 
you know, you had the fiend come out, right? And yeah. Alexa Bliss was a little bit, par- I don't know if she was paralyzed in fear or whatever, but she didn't make any attempt to escape. And then, like, he kind of teased the mandible claw, you know, and then all of a sudden it's in. Like, she didn't try to, I thought it would have been more effective if she tried to get away, if she tried to, you know, slap the claw away or whatever. But then eventually, you know, she just, like, she tried to escape and the puppets kind of stopped her and she kind of yeah. freaked out because of the puppets or whatever. And then all of a sudden she doesn't know what to do. She turns around and then boom. Like, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I can see where you come from with that. I think what they wanted to go with was the fact that Alexa was already dis- uh, distraught with the fact that Nikki shoved her down, that it was already too late for her to get back on her feet when, once the fiend showed up. Right. You know, I, I do agree. Like the whole slowing down process to actually apply the mandible claw took a little bit too long. Like if anything, I'd just rather have the fiend walk around Alexa, you know? Right. You know, it, then you had the facial expression. I thought I thought Alexa did really good as far as her facial expressions. Oh, and for sure. Like that. Uh, and then snatched it just like that and then how it went off there. Uh, probably the Nick Picking thing, I agree with you there. The man, the maniple claw setup took a little bit too long. But I, I saw – I understood why they went the route they went with that. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, and, and again, I'm not trying to – you know, again, we are like I, we are a platform of positivity, Josh. And I thought that the angle itself was is fantastic, and I love it. I just, again, I just thought that the execution, and maybe they just, again, when you're filming live television, you know, it's it's hard sometimes. You have to, you, you know, you have to wait at certain times because okay, well, we still have three minutes left to fill on a live television broadcast. So, again, that's the difference between live versus tapes. But so I, I and, and again, but again, it's our job, Josh, sometimes to analyze these things. So again, just a small nitpicky thing. But overall, I thought the segment was great. I'm really right, excited about this. Let's give the people what they want. Uh, not yet. <laughs> oh, I, 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 always, I always have to do the Excalibur tease. We gotta give the people what they want. I hate that fucking line. <laughs> By the way, let's leave. Let's leave the uh, zoom out. Thing for Okada, I I understand why they do the zoom out for the best friends, but let's leave it for Okada. That's where it came from. All right, uh, all right. Let's talk about Monday Night Raw and what people really want, what they need, what they really, really need. Not just the Messiah, but oh, Raw. are you about to take me to school again? Not yet. Okay, sorry. Sorry. I was just There's levels to get to where we need to go here. <laughs> but we're going to start off here with Raw Underground. And uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on this concept because I I didn't get to watch the full show live. And, you know, sometimes – no, not – what the fuck am I saying? All the time, Twitter is misleading as far as gauging what's actually good or not. Like, I'm at the point right now in my life where I take nothing anybody says on Twitter seriously, especially for people who do like reporting aspect of wrestling. Like, you're <laughs> there's agendas behind every site that's not pro wrestling I just give you the details. That's it. I speak from my heart. You can agree or disagree with me. I'm not gonna come on here and prop one thing up to I'm not gonna bring something down just to prop something up. Right. You know? And for me, like there's been this whole buzz going into the show about Shane Man come back. There's this new concept going around, blah 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 blah. We get raw underground, it's kind of like a fight 
pit area, like, like it is underground field, and you got you got the strippers there. I'm always, hey, anytime I see a good waterfall on my screen, it, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> like, um, I think I think too much now, especially wrestling. Try to find things that are too. I don't know why wrestling fans in 2020 feel like they have the the gauge on what's weird and what's not. Like everything that they don't understand right off the bat is weird. Folks, pro wrestling is weird. If you watch wrestling for the first time, it's weird. Why are two guys in underwear and tan fighting <laughs> each other? It's weird. Right. You, I, 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 I don't want to be a broken record here, but honestly, fundamentally, the charm of pro wrestling is the fact that it doesn't make sense all the time. Right. I can't. If you want to talk about, okay, they're making the industry look bad where, okay, uh, this part of the show is shoe fighting, but everything they do in the ring looks fake. I could get that argument. I could. But not everything needs the weird meter because everything about pressing is weird. We just talked about The Fiend. He's weird. <laughs> There's other elements of pro wrestling that's weird. That this just what it is. So, and a lot of times where people are asking questions or they're confused about something, the answer is right in front of you. you kind of answer your own question, and more importantly, it's the answer that you don't want. <laughs> so, right. so instead of dancing and tiptoeing and saying, "Oh, this is weird. This doesn't make sense." No, it makes sense. It's just not how the way you would present it. <laughs> that's the difference. So with that being said, what was your thoughts of the Raw on the ground? And then I'll give my thoughts after. Sure. I The answer to your question, Josh, is I don't know. Because I don't think we I've seen enough of it yet to see what exactly Shane's concept is going to be. Is this going to be like a fight club thing, you know, where it's just kind of an underground brawling area? People fight just for the hell of it. Uh, is it just something for performers to do? Is this going to lead into something with the Hurt Business? I don't know. I So the question is I don't know. But what I will say, Josh, is they're trying something new. And in this pandemic era, era and stuff where you just can't have traditional storylines, by and large, because there's not a lot of fan interaction. I mean, you can, but you can't. Right. They're trying something new. And if it works, cool. And if it doesn't, okay, then we just won't do that anymore. You know, but it's they're, they're trying something new. They're trying something innovative. And I applaud them for that. It's just I just want to see what the the payoff for Raw Underground is. If there's going to be a Raw Underground title right. or something like that. So, to answer your question, Josh, I don't know, and I, and I and I feel bad saying that, but I just I don't know what to think of it yet. No, you don't have to feel bad about it because I I don't know either. And that in another way, that's kind of a good thing when you have something on television on the television show that's so new that you don't have every answer for it right off the bat. Like, why is Shane McMahon suddenly so excited about having underground fights <laughs> at a show? Like, why is he back? He hasn't, he hasn't even explained why he's back. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Does this have something to do with the new um, Retribution faction? You know, is this is something going to... Again, I just we just don't know. So, I don't hey, know. I, you rather have something to think about and question instead of assuming where something's go, right? If you're watching some type of television show, right? Yeah, well, you know what happens when you assume. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing else needs to be said there. Um, all right, here's here's a couple of the quick takeaways for me. First off, I would not want to fight Eric uh, in a 
in the alley. Uh, what he did to that poor uh, enhancement talent that was on AEW Dark. Uh, <laughs> I knew it's right off the bat because I saw him a lot in AEW Dark. So his name is Mike Reed, and he got Molly Whopped by Eric. That was pretty nasty, especially <laughs> that released German suplex. I think he fell out of the ring. And then you know how Eric flips somebody over and then he does that knee lift? That's mm-hmm. called that's called uh, Death Row. <laughs> his real name is uh, Ray Row, and that was his like knee strike that he did. Okay, in Japan. that's cool. that's what it is. So, um, <laughs> I, outside the hurt business, that was probably my favorite part of the underground portion. Of that speaking <laughs> um, of the hurt business, it, think about it. The show started off with Apollo Cruz and her uh, and MVP, the United States Championship match. Hey. Hey, remember last week I told you, Brett Carter? Oh, Raw only focuses on the old talent. Here it is. Apollo Crews retains his United States Championship by beating MVP in a pretty solid television championship match right off the bat. Right? We always say, oh, either Raw starts with somebody old or a long 20-minute promo, right? They start off with a match. (laughs) Oh, my God. What a concept, Josh. We're going to have wrestling on a a one-on-one wrestling match. On a wrestling show. Oh my god. Goddamn motherfucking hot law freaks. <laughs> uh, double cheese, double ma'am, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I, I know I'm going to get heat for this, but Jim Cornette cracks me up, man. I, just, I can't get enough of it. But, uh, but I actually, though I actually agreed with one of his takes this week, and we'll talk about that when we get to. Other promotion. <laughs> Goddamn Kenny McFingerfing. <laughs> um, okay, go back to this. What, what, what did you think about the match? Great. I mean, uh, I mean, again, what can you say about both MVP and Apollo Crews? They are both at – and this is saying something about MVP because he's been in the game for almost 20 years now. And this might be some of the best, and this is this is by far the best MVP we've ever seen. He's he's solidifying his uh, his Hall of Fame spot for sure. right now, for sure. And you know the cool thing about it was he was just going to come back as a as a producer, and now he's an, an one of the top in ring talents on Raw. Like it's it's awesome, and the, the whole Hurt Business stable is awesome. But I thought it was a great match. I'm glad Apollo Crews is finally getting his time because I've always thought very highly of Apollo Crews. I thought he's an outstanding in-ring performer. Um, they just haven't been able to find uh, the other side of it for him yet, the promo stuff. But he's paid his dues. He's put in his time, and he's getting his shot with the U.S. title. Right. Um, by the way, I, I, I really like the, U, the new U.S. title design. I think it's very, very cool, very modern. But uh, great match, and congratulations to Apollo Crews. He's going to get another match with MVP at SummerSlam, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, so all thumbs up for me. It was a good, uh, good victory on TV for Apollo Cruz, and also the Hurt Business got their heat back um, at the end of the show, which was kind of cool. Where you have a show bookend by the Hurt Business, so right. Um, other so, stuff, yeah. really quick. Go ahead, Brad Carr. What, what, no, what, what stood out to you from Raw this week? So, so for me from Raw, and I'm just kind of going through this. Um, I like the Drew McIntyre Randy Orton promo that whole segment was fantastic and i love um, what Drew Ma- both Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton are bringing to the table i think that that match could potentially steal the show at SummerSlam i think that's just going to be absolutely awesome you know McIntyre is getting his opportunity to you know he, and he said all the things to Orton that a lot of people have said 
but you know you can really feel it in his voice. So I, I'm really looking forward to that. I think that's going to be absolutely terrific. Um, I think the um, oh, do we want to do positives first? Because there was one really aspect of Raw that for some reason really stuck out to me was a really negative thing. Um, so let's do the positives first, but then I want to come back and because for me the negative came out of the uh, Sasha Banks. Shayna Baszler match. And I and I want to talk about that in just a little bit. But for me, positives about the show, again, don't know what's going to happen with Raw Underground, so I'm curious about that. Dude, Angel Garza with both of those women and flirting with both of those women and giving them, that was awesome. I thought that was outstanding. Just, he is so entertaining. I, I love Angel Garza. I think he's so entertaining. I guess we got to ask Jim how it is uh, to handle the women uh, department, right? <laughs> um, oh, that's great. Um, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with um, the Street Profits and Bianca Belair against Garza's, uh, against Alina Vega's stable. That I think Bianca Belair versus Alina Vega could be a hell of a match on Raw. Next yeah, you wanted the smoke, <laughs> literally. She wanted smoke on Monday <laughs> because um, I mean, um, and, and I said this before, Josh, uh, and I know I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry. I'll kind of I'll kind of wrap this up pretty soon. Um, I love the Street Profits. Like, I mean, I think they're both fantastic. But to me, it's clear that Montez Ford is the star of that group. Uh, I mean, he's and, and that's saying a lot. And because I, I tweeted about this uh, from the Wrestling Rumors account. Um, and that's saying a lot because I, I, I think Angelo Dawkins is outstanding, a, a fantastic performer, great on the mic, but Montez Ford is the star and Bianca Belair. I mean, there's a reason she's the EST of WWE. You so. know what? A- Angelo Dawkins reminds me of the annoying Madden player on <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? Like if like you're playing somebody online, those who play fo- sports games like I do, and they play online competition, you always have that person that whenever they do a touchdown or whatever, you get it. Uh, I hate the freaking user picks in Madden. It's so stupid. Actually, be a good gamer and actually work with the buttons to actually happen. Freaking genius. Oh, let me press the circle and let me just steal the ball, jackass. And anyways, <laughs> I know I'm letting my feelings out there, but um, like anytime they score a touchdown or they get an interception, they're like, yeah. Yeah, like, it's kind of something that Kobe Kingston does sometimes. Got your ass, got your ass. Like, anytime you have somebody that plays video games like that and they're that annoying, you just want to see them get punched in the face. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I thought I thought Dawkins, um, I thought the Street Profits promo uh, before the matches was was okay. Um, I felt like it was kind of it was kind of awkward at times between them. Um, but it, it's good content, and, and but uh, overall, I, I thought that uh, they're both just doing really outstanding work. And then, um, and we'll, I'll let you talk about the whole Messiah and what we'll be seeing from him on SummerSlam because I know uh, I know how big you are on him. But um, and then the other, the other thing that I thought was kind of weird uh, this week was the uh, and I may be forgetting something, so I'm gonna let you take over here in a second. Was the whole Nia Jax angle that that's just kind of odd. To me, they're suspending her without pay for attacking a scrawny WWE official. So I I don't know if this is going to lead to her and Shayna Baszler getting involved in the Raw Women's Championship match at SummerSlam. I don't know. I thought to me that was just kind of weird. But what about you? you And then what did you think of Raw this week? 
the more I watch Raw, the more I miss Charlotte Flair. So let's start off with that. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. gonna piss some people off, but I don't care. Yeah, um, yeah, you're in friendly company here. And then let me know when you're done, Josh, because I I, I have a some complaints about the uh Sasha Banks, Shayna uh sorry, the Sasha Banks uh was it was Baszler, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it Shayna Baszler, yeah, I thought so. I I, I wanna talk about that when you're done. All right. I re- like I said, I enjoyed the U.S. title match. Um, I thought Raw was uh, a solid show this week. Um, For sure. You know, it's kind of like sure. a plot point type of show as you're getting into SummerSlam. So I wouldn't say this is like, oh, this show is 8++ or anything like that. I thought it was a solid episode this week. Yep. Um, really liked the Kevin Owens uh, segment with the Riot Squad and Iconics. So many times we've came on here and we talk about where's the other storylines, where's the other character development for the women's division. So having Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens be a foil for Ruby and Liv to get back together, yeah, it may seem cheesy off the bat or whatever, but that's kind of the point of them reuniting, you know, and you have the iconic speed, the heel. I didn't think they needed to have that match right after the segment, but uh, I'm happy that the Riot Squad's back together, so from a character development point of view, I really enjoyed that uh, segment with Kevin Owens. Um, Drew McIntyre, your thoughts on Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton? Um, I think that's probably Drew McIntyre's best promo he ever cut. And um, that's the thing, we would find a really big fight box office title feel for a match for SummerSlam with everything that's going on right now, you couldn't go another better option than this. You know, we don't have Roman around, so we can't have <laughs> we had that box office feel and make uh, Braun Strowman feel big again, you know? Because and, and, and the, here's the thing, when it comes to Braun Strowman outside of his seg- segments with Alexa Bliss, the only time Braun is interesting is when Roman Reigns is around. So... What I was going to say, Josh, is though Roman Reigns did appear on R Truth's game show this week. So I you- saw that. That was hilarious. <laughs> Roman oh. Reigns playing Roman numerals. <laughs> oh, R Truth is probably the funniest wrestler I've ever seen in my entire life. He is, he is the E of WWE, period. <laughs> you want to talk about Hall of Famer? R Truth has solidified his spot, no question. He's gonna have the greatest Hall of Fame speech of all time. It's gonna be awesome. Forty-eight-seven-nine. Okay. I myself. Hold real on. quick, real uh, quick. I was just gonna say, and I know the answer to this, but will our truth ever be world champion in WWE? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um, that pop would be huge. Imagine if he won a world title, say like at a, a throwaway pay-per-view, like a, a building point, and ha- let him give him a one-month world title reign. Can you imagine that pop if he won, like when fans are back, he won at, say, like No Mercy or, um, you know, um, some, you know, one of those. That would be amazing. Yeah. It'd be a good consolation prize, kind of like how Mark Henry got his title uh, before he retired and stuff. Um, I think like... I think probably sooner or later before he retires, maybe our truth will have one more heel run in him as well. So um, going back to Raw, like I really want to hit the sound with Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre because like the sense of realism there was there. Um, I've been saying that Randy Orton's been the MVP of pandemic era of wrestling so far. He's been doing his best work of his career right now. And 
here's the thing. Drew McIntyre was talking about Randy Orton wouldn't lift people up to his level like the Undertaker would in the past or other performers they wrestled with. And uh, Drew McIntyre said that Randy Orton's everything is wrong. He's the epitome of what's what's everything's wrong with WWE, and um, I just I loved that segment a lot. It, I I really enjoyed it to the point that was our intro before our intro right, <laughs> for right, the right, podcast. Right, right. <laughs> um, I, I I by the way, really quick behind the scenes breaking the fourth wall thing. Um, the reason why I aired those clips from the shows is either. Maybe people forgot it, or maybe it sets the tone for what the show's going to be, you know? Absolutely. Uh, I used to do that a lot on my radio show, uh, especially when Michael Cole did his uh, weekly dot-com interviews. The final segment that I had for every show that I did for the radio show, I would air that Michael Cole interview, because it's all about character development from there. Um, but, again, I'm just... I'm overly giddy for this Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre match at SummerSlam, um, and we'll get to that once we get closer to the pay per view. But I'm, I'm just really excited for it. So, uh, also before we get to, we'll close with the Sasha uh, Baszler stuff for Raw. But Seth Rollins again, I'll say Randy Orton's my favorite part of Monday Night Raw. Uh, you know letting everybody know how I feel about Tom Phillips <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what he did with Samoa Joe and then Dominic coming out again, attacking him and Murphy was fantastic. Think about it, this young kid who was uh, put online in custody in the ladder match 15 years ago. <laughs> will be making his in-ring debut at SummerSlam 15 years later. It's on Dominic against Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. Uh, the small Joe element in the segment was absolute gold. Uh, I think um, outside of the Orton and um, McIntyre segment, this was my favorite part of Raw was uh, Seth Rollins and small Joe and Dominic. And, uh, that was awesome. <laughs> so, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm biased. Messiah's the uh, doing the best heel character work out there. I think we could separate heel from MGF. Obviously, MGF is still number one out of everybody as far as heels are concerned. But he, like character heel, Seth Rollins is number one right now for sure. Yeah, I agree. With, I agree with that completely. Yeah, I thought that was great. Um, uh, two things uh, to say to that. Uh, number one, uh, I wasn't sure if Seth Rollins. I'm, I applaud him as the Messiah for knowing whether he was talking to Tom or Mike. And then the second thing. Or Mike Tom or Tom Mike. (laughs) That was, oh man, I just thought that was so funny. And then the second thing is, um, even at the commentary booth, in a blazer and a white shirt with no tie, Samoa Joe was still one of the most intimidating people in all of WWE. Like, he just stood up and he got right in Rollins' face. And I was like, oh dude, Samoa Joe is going to lay a whooping on him right now. So, that just shows you how good Samoa Joe is is in all aspects of professional wrestling. He's outstanding for sure. So that was a great segment. That was great. Yeah, it was an awesome segment. All right, before we close Raw, what what uh, got you in your uh, panties about uh, Sasha Banks and Shane Baszler? Okay. Number one, the actual match itself. Okay. Shayna Baszler brought out the best in Sasha Banks, I thought. 
because I, I, I haven't seen Banks look that good in a while. Have you noticed that Saucer Banks is better when she's with better performers? Yeah, that's the thing when you have performers who are counter wrestlers. That's uh, right. Because I, I it's like because Sasha is so reliant on her defense and stuff like that, where she's not gonna she's not gonna marvel you with her boost set. Like she's very repetitive with the double D strikes. Like I, I feel like Tom Phillips wants me to get drunk every time he says double knees, double knees, double knees, <laughs> double knees. Like, <laughs> but, but what does that say? You know, and and again. Please, I I like Sasha Banks. I think she's very good. I think she's a very talented performer. I think she deserves every accolade that she's gotten. But her she this tell you know we always talk about professional wrestlers, Josh, and what truly makes them elite is if they can make everybody that they work with look even better. Guys, yes. people like Roman Reigns, John Cena, Randy Orton, Seth Rollins. He's going to make Dominic look like a million bucks at SummerSlam. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, on the women's Charlotte Flair, Oscar, you know, these are the people, Shayna Baszler, they make everybody that they work with look like a million bucks. And that's, that's, so again, that's my criticism, one of my criticisms of Sasha Banks, but that wasn't the main thing that got me this week. The main thing that got me this week, Josh, you and I have talked about bad officiating, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, when the bad officiating is really, really obvious to me, WWE had a Huge officiating blunder this week on Raw. And maybe it wasn't the ref's fault. But when Asuka came out and attacked Bailey at ringside, they stopped the match. Yeah. Why did they do that? That has nothing to do with what's going on in the ring. Like, I, I, that, that to me made... Now, if they would have somehow snuck into the ring and uh, if they bumped into the other performers or whatever, then yes, then you can throw out the match at that point. But... How does two outside competitors outside of the ring cause a no contest in the ring, especially when they were having a good match? Like that to me make and then they didn't even do a tag match afterwards. They didn't even do a true Teddy Long. I figured, okay, they're gonna set up a Teddy Long thing, fine. They didn't even do that. So like that to me, that really annoyed me, John. And I don't for some reason that just really annoyed me because we've been talking about bad officiating and bad all that stuff. That to me was just awful, and I, I that really bothered me this week. Yeah, that 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 scenario there, that was, that ended in a no uh, contest. I I saw your, you, I think you messaged me while I was at work saying that was a DQ or something. I I got a chance to watch the back. It's a no contest. I think their rationale was because what happened to Kyrie last week. As soon as Asa came out towards Bailey and Sasha, they knew all hell is gonna break loose. They're like, okay, let's r- ring the bell, ring the bell, pal, ring the bell, pal. Like I th- I feel like WWE referees, especially because of DQs and no contests, are too trigger happy at times instead of letting it actually be a uh, disqualification or no contest. So I, I agree with you. Yeah. Just because somebody comes out and attacks somebody that's a valley at reset, it's not a reason to call off a match. That's not in the rules. It's not, it's not in the rules, man. Follow the damn rules. <laughs> By the way, uh, if we want some good referees, go hire referee Tony S. Okay? Yes. Let's, absolutely. let's get that out the way. All right. You got to respect the zebras. Respect the zebras. No, again, these are these situations are always case by case. So let's say 
you know, Samoa Joe was talking smack about AJ Styles' wife, Wendy, you know, stuff like that. And uh, and AJ just came out of nowhere during a Samoa Joe match where he was fighting, uh, let's say, Kofi Kingston with the New Day. And AJ Styles is so pissed off that he's not even, like, babyface real. He's tagging everybody. He's laying out the New Day. He's laying them out ringside. Ring the bell, like like sooner or later, you know Austin's gonna go in the ring and go after Sasha Base like AJ Wood for Samoa Joe. I just think the way and the execution of calling off the match could have been a lot better in that. And if you if that match didn't need to happen right there, that's the first thing I noticed there. Yes, Sasha slapped Bailey. Ugh, God, Shayna slapped Sasha in the face. Right, that's the reason why they had the match. But you could hold that off for next week. Sure. If anything, you should have done that. Have Oscar uh, do the interview with Charlie in the ring, which was set up for the rematch, and. Good. Here's a positive point. Uh, Sasha turned the tables on Bailey, so Oscar. Asuka has to fight Bailey next week in order to fight Sasha at SummerSlam. I did like that. I thought that was I thought that was very well done. Yeah, I just I I just flip it off, uh, flip it around a little bit, and actually have a more reasonable reason to call off the match. And also, not have Sasha and Baszler fight each other on the same show. I didn't think that needed to happen. Uh, you can still you can still have Baszler come out and say the same thing to Oscar. You could have did that whole talking segment without having the Baszler-Sasha match, so I thought the match was needed. But I feel like because Sasha has such a big following on the show, they feel like they need to have Sasha on for multiple segments, and I disagree with that. No performer warrants multiple segments unless it's actually going to have some meaning behind it. So, Agreed. Uh, overall, Rick, before we move on, what are your overall thoughts on Raw? A solid show, much like you, Josh. Again, it wasn't you know that wasn't the greatest show that they've ever put on, but a completely solid show. Um, they've set up all the storylines that they wanted to going forward, uh, getting into SummerSlam as well. So, uh, top to bottom, solid show, and it's given us a reason to tune in next week. So, a, uh, I thought all that. I thought great uh, overall, very good show this week. All right, really quick, let me uh, run down what happened on Impact Wrestling this week. We're one hour in. We're about to close it off here in about thirty minutes or so. I'm, I'm getting ready, Josh. I've got a, <laughs> I got an itchy finger to play my favorite clip of the week. And by the way, for those who are wanting uh, and listening to the show, our Dynamite recap is basically <laughs> our segment this yeah, week. Right, right. <laughs> we, we're now, exceptions. In yeah, now, to be fair, when we get to it, we're going to talk about the good things first because there was some good stuff on Dynamite. And then, but go ahead, Josh. Yes, just so we make sure we're not just a WWE and uh, AEW show here. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about Impact. Moose defeated Heath Slater to retain the TNA World Heavyweight Championship that started off the show. Uh, Solid match. I I thought the placement this was odd because it was basically the first match of the show, kind of similar to how he fought Drew McIntyre a few weeks ago. And basically the whole thing was if Heath, Defeated Moose, he would get a spot uh, on the Impact roster, um, and that didn't happen. So Moose retained. Um, Impact's having an event coming up in two weeks on Access TV. It's a two-week event called Emergence. Uh, two matches already been announced for that program: the rematch from Slamversary, Jordan Grace against Deanna 
Peraza for the Impact Knockout title, which uh, that was probably my favorite match on uh, Slamversary besides the main event. And also um, a rematch from last week, a couple weeks ago, the North against the Moore City Machine Guns for the Impact World Tag Team title. So two matches announced for a two-week event on uh, for emergence. We had another promo from EC3, which was fine. Um, uh, Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards had my favorite match of the week uh, for Impact. Uh, they fought for the Impact World title, and Eddie Edwards retained. Um, looks like Sammy's going to get to a few with Rob Van Dam over the fact that Sammy Han hacked uh, <laughs> Katie Forbes' uh, leaked pictures or something like that. You know, Katie fan, uh, Katie Forbes has an OnlyFans account. <laughs> That's her character. Like, she's overly sexual. So, Impact's kind of the edgy show, so they get away with that. They're doing this weird, like, reality game show thing called Russell House. It, it's stupid. Uh, <laughs> let me just say that. And then finally, Rich Swan was announcing his retirement from wrestling this week due to uh, severe injuries. I don't know if it's the actual uh, retirement or uh, storyline races, but again, Rich Strong's been having real uh, leg issues and injuries over the last couple of years. So my thoughts are with Rich, Rich Swan. But after the fact, Eric Young attacked Rich Swan on the stage and it attacked him with the crutch as a good heel would do to close off the show. So, Impact's doing some good content. I think you guys should support their brand on Impact uh, on Access TV every single week. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. And finally, Brickard, what were you going to say about that? Just real quick, um, I've seen a couple clips of Impact on YouTube just to kind of follow with what they're doing. They don't have fans, and they're not having their talent around the ring. Is that correct? Yeah, nobody. Just Dead Air and Josh Matthews, the band of my existence. <laughs> hey, they, I, I, I'll cover the show. This is a picture for everybody. I don't get to start covering Impact until 1 o'clock in the morning on on Wednesday morning because I come home late for the shop on Tuesday. I had to do two hours of AEW dark every single week. Now, since they extended the length of AEW dark now, and I don't get to impact to like one or one thirty in the morning. And I had to hear Josh Matthews do commentary. Oh God, just stop. <laughs> hey, they at least have Madison rain. She's Madison rain's doing commentary. Isn't she? Yeah, she's all right. Hey, it's better than Matt. Hey, better than Matthews. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather listen to a recording of Mike Adamley than <laughs> Josh <Ooh>. Matthews. <laughs> um, all right, uh, NXT recap <laughs> from last night. Uh, <laughs> as always, you can check out my uh, recaps or AKA transcripts at prosecutorscriptions.com. NXT last night started off with Dakota Kai uh, against Rhea Ripley, the winner of Fight Io Shirai at NXT TakeOver 30. Rhea Ripley won this match. Overall takeaway from NXT and this whole thing with the Wednesday Night Wars, and we'll get to this when we get to our segment. NXT is just the better pure wrestling show. This with every matches that I cover from both shows every Wednesday night, NXT has the better matches. Uh, Rhea Ripley and Dakota fought each other for nearly 20 minutes. This match was a barn burner, so that was an awesome match. Speaking of other good matches, we had Rich Holland from NXT UK, who's the freaking man, against Oni Lorkin and Damian Priest. Uh, 
the Triple Threat match series continues as they're piling up wrestlers for the ladder match at TakeOver to crown a new XE North American champion. Damian Priest won that match. Uh, awesome three-way. You guys want to check that out uh, on the network later tonight or on your other websites that you find wrestling shows. <laughs> you can check it out there. Um, yeah, so they, Damian Priest won that match. And um, he's fighting Bronson Reed next week, which should be a pretty good match as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Um Keith Lee uh, put away Cameron Grimes, who was fine, kind of set up for his match with Killer Cross. Um, William Regal announced that Dexter Loomis is out of TakeOver due to an ankle injury, unfortunately, so our thoughts are with Dexter Loomis. And um, finally, uh, to wrap up this portion of uh, NXT, the main event was the tag team title match Imperium. The bat is sacred, by the way. Or as matter, folks, the mat is sacred. Imperium defeated the Undisputed Era to retain the NEC Tag Team's house thanks to distraction by Pat McAfee, who's doing commentary during the broadcast. Anna Cole overheard McAfee talking crap about him. This is Continuing uh, on with their feud that uh, happened where Adam Cole snapped at Pat McAfee while appearing in studio on his show, the Pat McAfee show. And um, all hell broke loose after the match was over. Was, this was a really good tag team match as well. So um, I'm really happy Appear got a big victory like that because they're, they're very, very underrated in my opinion as far as what they do. Um, yeah, so Pat McAfee and Adam Cole get into this big old like shoving contest. They're yelling at each other. Triple H and Shawn Michael Shawn Michaels comes out to separate both men. Uh, they got their masks <laughs> under their big beards, which is a pretty funny visual. Um, McAfee is like the problem with you, Adam Cole, is that you always will be a little bitch. <laughs> so he said that Adam Cole's like, "I'm gonna kill you! I'm gonna kill!" You. <laughs> and Cole is like. He's trying to really crawl towards McAfee while he's on the announcement table, so he's draped over, right? Pat McAfee decides to punt kick him to close the show. <laughs> he, he literally does the punt kick. Now, here's the thing. Pat McAfee has always wanted to be a wrestler. So I, I I never had an issue when he would come on air and do these like spot appearances and do the panel shows because he was a natural fan. It's different from have somebody who enjoys the product like Pat McAfee than somebody like Sam Roberts who does no good for the greater good of wrestling fans, okay? So there's a difference there. (laughs) So Pat McAfee against Adam Cole has legs legs to it. They've had beef with each other for a long time. And now Triple H went on ESPN to get up show this morning and said, hey, if you want to be famous, you want to be a tough guy, (laughs) here you go. Here's your opportunity Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole at NXT Takeover 30. For the Carter, I just gave I just recapped NXT. What are your thoughts? Well, unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to check out the show uh, this week. I was watching another wrestling program, uh, which we'll get into here in just a moment. But um, I saw the clip of Pat McAfee and the Adam Cole situation, and I don't know if their initial altercation was real. Or if it was just a work, uh, I don't know. But you would think that if it was real, they've patched things up backstage and then they carried that over into NXT this week. So 
I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Pat McAfee and Adam Cole can do because I know McAfee is this is it wouldn't be his first time to do a spot or anything like that, but I think this might be his first actual match. So I think that I think that's going to be great. And Adam Cole is another great worker. I'm glad to see that Adam Cole, after losing the NXT championship, is still in NXT and isn't on Raw or SmackDown because I think I I would worry that there would be nothing for Adam Cole to do on either Raw or SmackDown. I, if, if he does go to the quote-unquote main roster, I think Adam Cole needs to go to Raw because they he could really do some stuff there. But I also think that what – it's tough to break up the Undisputed Era because all, it, much like the New Day, altogether they're awesome. And, you know, the Adam Cole-Bebe thing, just it works really well with the Undisputed Era. So that's right. That's right. So I thought that was great. Um, anytime – that any of the females of NXT get to compete, it's great because I just, the, the NXT women's roster is just from top to bottom is solid. And it may, in my opinion, have taken over Raw. In fact, it has. It's taken over Raw as the top women's division in w, really in the world. The NXT women's division is from top to bottom is just stacked with talent. And they're, used, and they're being utilized the right way. So I thought that was all great. Uh, let me see. Let me pull out my rundown here to make sure that I didn't miss anything. Uh, let's see. Obviously, I hope that uh, Dexter Loomis gets well soon. Uh, let's see. And really, that, that, that's, that's, really that's about it uh, for me from NXT this week. All right, folks. It's time for the main event. <laughs> well, now, now, Josh, do we let, let's talk about what went well on AEW this week. Mm-hmm. Because I actually thought there were some things that I really enjoyed in AEW this week. Uh, do you want to go first or you want me to do it? Oh, uh, you can go first. Okay. All right. I actually, let me pull up my notes here. Cause I actually made some notes here. Okay. Um, and I'm just going to go real quick, Josh, and it, please feel free to stop me if there's anything that you want to discuss. Okay. So starting from the beginning, the only thing I'll say about the 12 man tag, because I know we're going to get into that here in a bit. It's very obvious that AEW has some terrific athletes know how to wrestle and that's all i'm gonna say about that we'll get into the rest of that a little bit later um i like moxley's promo uh i actually uh, backstage when he was sitting on the steps i really like that that's one of his better ones so far yeah i thought that was really good i what can you again i I know i sound like a broken record but what can you say about mjf i mean the 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 polling (laughs) promo was awesome the signs around the ring that like the the political advertisement signs around the ring is great. I, I just, you know, he, how he treats his people backstage. I mean, you, you talk about he is the best heel in professional wrestling right now. For, from just a pure heel standpoint, not from a character standpoint. Um, I'm actually looking forward to a match between Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara. I think that could be a great match. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I wrote down that was a positive is Cody both didn't open the show or defend his title, which is a good thing. <laughs> I still have a negative to touch on Cody. Uh, um, dude, Sammy Guevara with the cue cards in between the picture and picture. Oh, God. That was great. I thought that was great. Did JR really say restaurant quality picture in picture last night? Yes, yes, he did. Oh, God. Go ahead. <laughs> Before I but, but like when he got to the master debater sign and he was like, oh, no, 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 no. And then he's that was that was hilarious. Um, Orange Cassidy is a superstar. He, Orange Cassidy is the real deal. He is 
everything about his character to me makes him the top, the second guy in AEW right now behind MJF. Um, I think that the debate segment was hilarious. Jericho was hilarious as he always is. When Orange Cassidy just went into the global warming thing and then put the microphone away, that was amazing. Uh, and then he delivered his his promo against Jericho at the end. Orange Cassidy is a superstar. Um, props to Reba for her in-ring debut. She did her best and played her character well against Big Swole. Also, Josh, can we uh, have Britt Baker Appreciation Day? Yes. Okay, let's, let's have um, a Britt Baker Appreciation Day, as always. And actually, um, I really enjoyed the match between Darby Allen and John Maxley. I thought that it was a good match. Um, but there is a negative to that, which we'll get into here when we get into our segment. But um, Darby Allen is a superstar, and I think that he is absolutely outstanding uh, in every way, shape, or form. So that's what I really enjoyed from AEW this week, Josh. What did you enjoy from AEW this week? Well, um, for me, I really enjoyed um, the MGF uh, campaign headquarters promo. I thought that was really good. Um uh, First, I liked a little bit of Santana and Ortiz against Best Friends. I, it was interesting that a regular tag team match actually appeared on television and TNT uh, as opposed to the other <laughs> two that were on the show. But um, um, I really enjoyed uh, the Moxie promo, like you said, uh, the stuff with Santana and Ortiz attacking Trent's uh, van was all right. I, I wasn't too crazy about that. Um, okay. What else? It wasn't bad. I'll say that. Right. Um, I think the best part of the show is the debate in Sion Close. Uh, I want to read this portion here from Jericho from the debate because I wrote this down. Um, it, by the way, great to see Eric Bischoff on the show last night. Yeah, that, that was, that was cool. a big thing to me. Uh, Eric Bischoff's the guy that I look up to. Um, all right. The question here was <laughs> why is Orange Cassidy so popular? And Chris Jericho said this. You know why he's so popular? I'll tell you why. Because he's the epitome of everything that's wrong in pro wrestling today. He's the epitome of every idiot smart mark fan in this arena tonight and watching at home. I always love how Jericho will say the idiots here tonight and the people watching home. He's always been one of the few wrestlers that would point something out like that every time. It's something small, but it's always something I appreciate as a big Jericho fan over the years. But anyways, he's like, he's lazy, he's arrogant, he's entitled, he's overbearing, and he's a pimple on the ass of the pro wrestling business. Um, he says, but next week, Orange, I'm going to pop you. <laughs> I'm going to beat you again for the second time. And when I do, when my hand is raised, you're going to have to give me $7,000 to put, replace this designer creation that seems to get oranger every single week from whatever you put in that demonic orange juice of yours. And after you're embarrassed, after you pay me the money, you're going to walk out of here. You're going to leave AEW. You're going to quit the pro wrestling business and go back to being Jim the Jabba Juice guy down at the mall. And you're going to take my order of a blueberry smoothie with extra protein and pumpkin seeds. And guess what, Orange? I'm not going to give you a tip. (laughs) That was was, uh, was great. (laughs) That was awesome. And, I mean, dude, Jericho is just – he's on a whole other level. I mean, he's – it's I love I love Jericho and everything that he does. Except well no, I'm sorry, not everything that he does. And we're gonna get into that here in just a moment. Yep. I, 
the main event was really good. I think the main event was probably my favorite match of the show last night. And uh, by the way, Moxley, you're not Suzuki. Stop doing the gosh stop pile driver, all right? <laughs> uh, all right. We're here. We've got 10 minutes left. We're going to do this precisely. We're going to do this well here. Or at least we can. Here we go. <laughs> it's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Brought to you, as always, by the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. <laughs> Josh, what the hell is wrong with AEW? And I'm really – let's start with the 12-man tag. And I'm going to let you go off here in just a little bit. But you know what? Go ahead, Josh. I'm going to let you start with the 12-man tag because as soon as I saw what was happening with that, I knew you were going to be pissed. So go ahead, my friend. If I hear one more person – and I hate this word. You know how I feel about this – Thing. If I had to hear one more person say, oh, how amazing is AEW's tag team division, I'm going to have a stroke, okay? <laughs> you Gosh, could have, they're, you I'm sorry. They're going to have tag team appreciation night in, in, you know, is it two weeks or is it, I think it's two weeks or maybe it's next week. I don't know. They're having tag team appreciation night. Go ahead. Yeah. It, it, by the way, it's like, um, it's like a, a a rock band saying they're having a rock appreciation night, and then when you go to the concert, all you hear is country music. That's what AEW tag team wrestling is. They make no sense. They have no logic to it. By the way, I do enjoy country music. I'm not taking the swipe at country. I'm just making the analogy here. Okay, you can't sell your audience one thing and then give them another thing. You know. It, I, I, my biggest issue with wrestling is always mixed messages. You know, it's, I don't think you always have to listen to your audience. I think that's kind of an, I, I think that's another discussion for another show, but like the whole thing, oh, you always got to listen to your fans. Not really. Like I heard Matt Hardy say that last night. Like, come on, dude. Like you want to listen to your fans sooner or later, you're going to be sitting with them. That that's my thoughts on that. So, uh, but back to this whole man tag outside of what FTR did. Was it really a match? No, to that. Was that really a match? No. In fact, what I wrote down, Josh, when I was, is all it was, was just spots. And that's like I said earlier, like it's very obvious that there are very talented and they're good athletes. Like they're really great athletes. But there's no flow, no pace to the match. It was nothing but spots. Okay, here's the other thing, Josh, and I'm sorry. They're making this huge deal about FTR being this amazing elite tag team. The match got better when FTR left the ring. Did you notice that? I disagree with you there. This was a much show from the start to the end. Right, no, no. And and I'm saying it went from a mud show to a mud show with sprinkles. You know what I mean? Because, or a mud show with some plants or something like that. Because there was less people, it was less confusing, and you could actually perhaps tell a little bit of a story. Because obviously the story going into this was the dissension between FTR and the elite. But anyways, I thought that that the match quality actually improved from a zero to a 0.5. 
hear me out, folks, and understand the process I went through last night while I was trying to make sense out of this fucking shit show here. Seven paragraphs of spots where I'm trying my best to pinpoint what the actual parts of the match are. That's basically what I do with my transcripts, right? Eight, and I repeat, eight different simultaneous tags in a match. Ridiculous. Like, Uno, you don't need to tag Grayson every time you get tagged into a fucking match. It happens every time those two are in the ring. Boom, 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 boom. It's so annoying. Bro, there were some good spots. Brody Lee has some nice timely super kicks on the outside, and I really enjoyed the, the hot tag at Hangman Page had when he came back. I thought that was good in that match, but the rest of it was grade A, homogenized, Holstein, daily place bullshit. That's all it was. Okay, again, <laughs> what is the identity of the Dark Order? Like, what, is, what are they... like? Okay, so the, we're going to – Brody Lee what, – what, What's the identity of AEW? Oh, we're going to bring people that got mishandled in WWE, yet they're in the same position as they were while they're in WWE? And then Brody Lee got mad when Dark Order tried to help the cause. Like they tagged him, you know, and then and then all of a sudden they was afraid to tag Brody Lee except for Colt Cabana. Boom, boom. You know, it, it, the storytelling makes no sense. I thought it was a it was a disaster. You know what doesn't make sense from a four-man point of view? Starting your show with three consecutive tag team matches. Maybe I'm old school for that, but you do never you never start a show with three consecutive tag matches. And then we're getting tag team appreciation night. Like what the here's the biggest thing, Brother Carter. This is a company called All Elite Wrestling, but this week the only thing elite about it was promos outside the main event. Think about that. That's not good, folks. No, because, Josh, as we talked about last week, they put all of their wrestling on their YouTube show, on AEW Dark. Yeah, think about this. Matt Cardone having this big in-ring debut in AEW. The match felt like something I would watch on the Ion channel when WWE main event was on there. And I wrote this down, too. How much time did Cardona actually get? The, the, the match was mostly Cody. Yeah, the golden boy Cody Rhodes was in there for nine minutes in a freaking 12-minute match. That I like. How are they trying to push Cardona as this guy? Or you know, they said last week he's like you said, like they treated him like this Scott Hall type signing, and he got not he got twenty five percent of the match. He was in it. Yeah, like, the, the TNT champion was getting his ass kicked with a team with a one in seven record. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Transition, Josh. Speaking of rankings, this pissed me off last night too. If rankings are such a big deal. And win-loss records are such a big deal in the company. Why does the number five guy get a world title match? Like, what? how does how does that make sense? How does Scorpio Sky, who has 25 wins, the second most to Kenny Omega with 28, not even on the top five of the world title rankings? How about that? <laughs> so the, the consolation prize is that, oh, he gets to fight Cody next week and he loses? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 to me, Josh, I don't get that. Like that just makes absolutely no sense to me. Okay, here's another thing. Unless anything else you want to say about that? Um, no, not really. Really, thing, really quick. Like I enjoyed a, li- I enjoyed the majority of the Matt Hardy. Same, I really enjoyed his promo and stuff. But 
I'm still kind of iffy on this whole Sammy Gravard thing and kind of emphasis on him. I, I know you were putting him over with the cue cards, and that was funny and all, but I don't know. I still feel a little off with everything going on with Sammy Gravard and him rushing back. I, I'll get over it sooner or later, but it's it's kind of off putting the emphasis that they're putting on him right now. I mean, Triple H could eat shit for a fucking current call, but Sammy Guevara could have this big grudge feud after making a comment saying that he would rape a performer. I, right. I, I, I don't know. I, I, right. And, and uh, that's a very sensitive, delicate area that, yeah, when is, you know, uh, there really is no right answer because, you know, obviously Guevara was being an arrogant asshole and deserved everything that he got. But, you know, and it, and if they fired him, I mean, rightfully so. I, I could just you could completely justify him getting fired over those comments. But at the same time, you know, he made those comments when he was probably seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, or like younger dude. Because he's he's well, maybe early twenties. He made his comments when he was young, a younger guy. And you know, how many you know, Josh and I know this, and I have the opportunity to work with people that age and eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty or twenty-two year olds they do and say some really stupid stuff. So, you know, and you, you, you teach them and you, and you, you, you try to educate them. I, I've, I've made stupid comments before too. And I learned from them too. But, right. Um, so, you, you know, we're, listen, I'm okay with giving Sammy Guevara a second chance if he's, and you know, they've, they've, pub, they've publicly put out, I, I mean, I, I wrote about this on wrestling rumors a couple of weeks ago that he's been working with, I want to say it's like the Florida association with women, of women and stuff like that. And has gone through some sensitivity training and stuff. And even the, the, the association put out, we applaud AEW and their efforts. We work with Mr. Guevara. We believe he's moving in the right direction. So it seems like he's gone through his, and, and he's recognized the error of his ways. At least that's what I feel anyway. Really quick. I, I didn't think commentary was that brutal as it was last week. It didn't nope. bother me. Uh, Nice to, hear, nice to hear Taz on commentary. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I know uh, Tony Schiavone's old school with his WCW overreactions. Oh, my God. Northern Lights suplex from – oh, one count. <laughs> um, okay. Here, I know we got to wrap this up, Josh. We're getting kind of close. but Oh, this, this is my last thing that I wanted to say for what's wrong with AEW this week. Their women's division – and I think Matt hit yeah. the nail. Uh, Matt hit the nail on this. The hit, hit the nail on the head on this. Like, let's start off with this. We're setting up this women's tag team cup tournament with no prize for it. All you do is winning a cup. And outside of Brandy Rhodes and Allie uh, having their dissension with each other, what are you winning here? What do the winners of the cup fight each other for a number one contender spot at Hikaru Shida? Like. <laughs> Like I'm fine with a cup concept if you want to do it down the road, but you you don't have any established other performers in the women's division outside of Penelope Ford and Britt Baker's injured right now. They're trying to build up Big Swole. Like this division has been a crapshoot since the company started, oh. and the emphasis has been hit or miss. And you're gonna tell me if Brandy Rhodes is really that important that she needs to put herself over. Think about it. Cody and Brandy have to be featured on every show. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I know Triple H and Stephanie McMahon were overbearing at times, but man, those two want to be them two so bad. It's absolutely ridiculous. So I think the women's division in AW is embarrassing, and the emphasis on the women's division is uh, embarrassing as well. So I actually put that in my notes this week. I thought the women's wrestling was a joke this week. Um, I thought it was, you know, and again, props to Reba. She did her best um, playing her character as 
you know, clearly, bit, you know, I, I get where they were going. But I agree with you, Josh. I just I, I, the women's division has no direction. It has no, you know, no. It's and, and it's sad because there's actually some good. Re- I actually I like Hikaru Shida. I like Nyla Rose. I think that they're they uh, there's ta- Britt Baker. You know, we always give Britt Baker appreciation day because you know it's. it's much like Rusev, much like Rusev Day, Brit Breaker Appreciation Day is every day. Agreed, but I agree with you, Josh. The women's wrestling. Here's another thing, and maybe this is just, uh, and I know we need to wrap this up, so I'll be brief. Yeah. Um, the demo god and the ratings thing is stupid, and Jericho needs to drop that because now he's got demo god on his entrance video, and they even talked about ratings in the debate, uh, or they said, "Who's gonna have the lower third, right?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, for me, Josh, I think the blading this week was was over overly oh, done. Blood? Yeah. Like you, I thought the blood worked with Matt Hardy. I it wasn't needed in the John Moxley match, right? So I just to me that was just kind of a little bit off putting uh, for me. And then yeah, the Gemma God thing, and then uh, and then the only other small little thing was why was there a camera in the van? <laughs> like how did how did they get a camera in the van for it to be? In, that just made no sense. You picture if WWE did it and all the crap they would get if they did a segment like that backstage. No, it'd be awful. But oh, it, I do remember that. You remember when Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens were having their little feud and they're like tipping over cars and stuff? I remember a podcast like, oh my God, you're giving away. They have camp. No, it was the AJ Styles Shane McMahon thing. Remember when AJ like was smashing windows yeah. trying to get a Shane McMahon that had the camera in there? And everybody's like, oh, this is stupid. Nah, 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 nah. Like, <laughs> but, but AEW doesn't go, oh man, it really brings out the effect of the attack. Ugh. Double standards in 2020. What else? Right. Josh, let's get out of here. Is that all right? Yes. Now let's get out of here. This has been What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Brought to you by the Wrestling Observer Newsletter and Seltzer and McDumbass. Or Albert Dumbass or whatever. And Wrestling Inc. Oh. Well. You, want uh, to throw, you want to throw WrestleZone in there, Josh? Yeah, why not? Okay. <laughs> let's, add, right. let's add uh, Sean Ross Sapp to the list, too. We we'll just do the whole juggle. Put them on there. There you go. Alex McCarthy, all of them. <laughs> Jackasses. All right. Um, on that note, I want to thank you all for taking your time out of your day to listen to this. Um, I really needed this show today. It's been a very rough week for me personally. And... Um, you know, coming out here, get to laugh, shoot the shit with Brent Hart has been fantastic. It's always been. I really think we hit on a lot of good stuff today. We try to pay, give enough time to everything that needed to be addressed today. So I hope you guys enjoyed the show for what it was. I really do believe that we're trying to be the show for the greater good of wrestling fans. We're going to have fun. We're going to speak authentically from our point of view and try to make your day better. That's the ultimate goal of this show at the end of the day, you know. Uh, it's gimmicks aside, you know, whatever it is. Like, we're we're having fun with this. So I hope you appreciate the show. And honestly, when I do say be the authentic product that is yourself, really think about it and contemplate where you are in your life and also the things that are brought to you that are out of your control. Also, contemplate the shit that comes out of your mouth because there's consequences that come out of that. And also, watch out for people that use you for their own personal gain. And if anybody ever tells you, oh, you're just a friend, yet they send you YouTube links to couples routines on YouTube, they're full of shit. All right? On that note...
for Brother Carter, make sure to follow him on Twitter at Derek Stoughton. On Twitter and Instagram, Derrico06. Check out his work at WrestlingRumors.net as well. Uh, tremendous uh, director of operations. I'm at Twitter at The Hoots Podcast. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Josh Lopez94 at Josh Lopez Music as well on Instagram and YouTube as well. Uh, make sure to bookmark ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And more importantly, leave us a review. Tell us what you think about the show. We are 19,000 listeners away from hitting 200,000 on Anchor. And you guys' support means a lot to us each and every single week. So for Brother Carter, I am the podcast messiah, Josh Lopez. Thank you guys so much for checking out episode 217 of the Hoots Podcast. And have a wonderful weekend. And, folks, remember, you're part of the greater, you're, you are part of the greater good, whether you like it or not. We're out. Peace. Yes, sir. When Rey Mysterio's stupid kid was assaulting me with a kendo stick, Tom. Let me jog your memory, Tom. You were cheering him on. You were inciting his rage. Do you understand what that means, Tom? Look, your voice matters. All right? What you say matters. You are the voice of Monday Night Raw. And so you are a part of the greater good, whether you like it or not. What you say is important. What you say is important because the people at home, they hear what you say. It goes into their little brains, and then that's what they think. It is your job to call it down the middle, Tom, not to skew things, not to slant things. Because when you do that, you are creating bias, and then you are doing a poor job. And if you are doing a poor job, Tom, then you become a liability. And so I think the time has come to find a new voice of Monday Night Raw. Murphy, take him. Yeah, that ain't gonna happen, gentlemen. Let's be honest here. I mean, what do you think? You think you're gonna walk over here and bully my broadcast partner, Seth? You think you're gonna bring him around and that's gonna make a difference? Make this down real clear for you. You can walk back in that ring and make the point you came to make, or I can slap you in the lips and beat down your disciple in front of you, and we can figure this out another way. And if you're worried about Tom and how hard he was laughing, let me make this real clear, Seth. I was laughing harder than anybody at this table. Joe? You do not want to do this. No, Seth. I do.